0: Welcome to Insights on Demand, a podcast from Business Talent Group, where we discuss the latest developments in the future of work and other pressing business issues. Today, we're excited to present a conversation between Adam Zellner, BTG's Vice President of Enterprise and Corporate Development, and David Latt, the Head of Global Indirect Procurement at Logitech. With products sold in almost every country in the world, Logitech has developed into a multi-brand company designing products that bring people together through music, gaming, video, and computing. Brands of Logitech include Logitech, Logitech G, Astro Gaming, Ultimate Ears, Jaybird, Blue Microphones, and Streamlabs. As the head of global indirect procurement, David is responsible for sourcing, among other things, the software and services that help power Logitech's work including professional services, and now with the addition of an on-demand talent program that David helped establish, high-end independent professionals like those in the BTG marketplace. He joins us today to discuss his role leading Logitech's on-demand talent program and the role of on-demand talent as a resource for getting critical work done across Logitech. Here are Adam and David.
1: Welcome to the podcast, David. It's great to have you.
0: Thank you, Adam. Yeah, it's great to be here.
1: I'd love to have you tell us a little bit about your role as head of global indirect procurement. I recently heard an interview where you mentioned that the function is relatively new within Logitech, which has allowed you and your colleagues to build it according to a modern 21st century idea of what procurement should be. And I would love to have you explain a little bit what that means. How has it affected the way in which you approach your role, your team's role within the organization?
2: Sure. Yeah. No, that's right. It's um, I think as recently as six years ago now, uh, indirect procurement as a function didn't really exist in Logitech. We had some headcount that were controlling processes, supplier setups, etc., but it was a very process orientated function. It wasn't there as a as a value provider as as we aim to be today. And that of course had some challenges in the early days that you're starting from a standing start. But really, it's an exciting opportunity and. It's what brought me to this role, actually, really. I come from a finance background originally. I was at Logitech in a finance role, but I was really excited by the opportunity, a fresh pair of eyes, uh, coming to procurement fresh at the time, to a department that we're really building from the ground up. And we've come a long way in those six years, probably following fairly typical procurement maturity pathways that we've evolved into a strategic sourcing team primarily That we partner in our large spend areas um, with our larger suppliers to make sure they're sourced correctly for value, performance, uh, minimizing risk, etc. And that's great. We're, We're providing some really good savings number to the business by doing that. But we certainly want to go further than that. By the very nature of what I've just explained, that's quite a reactive function in a way that that people come to us with sourcing projects and and we do just that. We're a tool that we do that project and we make sure it's done correctly. I'm certainly looking to evolve a bit further than that and add into into typical procurement value drivers such as strategic supply management, which all the best-in-class functions are doing. We're starting to do that. But really, I think starting from a position of we're there to bring value to the business. And I think as much as anything, we're quite driven that we need to be externally focused. We're never going to spend 80% of our time speaking externally versus 20 internally, but that's kind of a guiding aim. The underlying concept of that is the most important thing, that, that we're a sort of pivot point between all the internal requirements, priorities, challenges, and we should be a pivot point to all those external possible solutions. Bringing new ways of doing things to the business is something that I've always strived to, that, my, that my team can be doing. And, and, and we've had some success there. And that may be as a result that we've looked at things differently, we've built the, built the team from the ground up. And with my perspective as a non procurement person, really, who has now had six years leading procurement and the team that we have and, and the movement of procurement with digitization and technology, we perhaps look at things slightly differently. The relationship piece is is becoming so important and the sort of business acumen piece is becoming so important that we're as much as anything, we're looking to be a value provider for the
1: business that can be traditional procurement or it can be looking for new ways of doing things too. As you talk about the maturity, the evolution, the path you're on and and the aspirations you have for the function, I'm wondering if you could describe how you typically engage with the business to support their initiatives and where you hope to get to in terms of the long-term partnership with different business groups within Logitech.
2: Yeah, it happens probably two ways, really. It's, there's a pretty traditional setup in the sense that in my team, we have procurement partners looking after some of our major spend areas, marketing, IT, workplace services, professional services, and they partner with the relevant people across the business. That's probably the strategic sourcing piece that I speak about. That's been there since the start. Learning to walk as a department and, and getting some value being created, that was our first aim was to really start doing that sort of procurement 1.0 kind of approach. But I think more widely than that, we benefit as a team that Logitech is a very flat organization. I report into someone on our CEO's leadership team and, and also have, have a lot of connections with people at that leadership team level or leadership team level minus one. So that really does give me... A fascinating position, and one that I think is a real privilege to have. That I do have a lot of touch points across the business. That's where I have a lot of my conversations. I don't remember actually ever seeing a job description for my role. And, and I think that's rather than being a joke, which, it, which maybe it is, but it's actually more important than that. That in a way, if it's going to provide value for Logitech, offer savings, improvements to speed of execution or or quality of execution, then I kind of consider it something that a procurement team, with an external lens at least, with something that a procurement team should be chasing
1: after. So we're a flat enough organization that that I have the freedom to do that, I think, really. Which is representative of of a forward-thinking organization, one that allows growth and value to be the driver for activity. and. You know, one area where Logitech, at least in my experience, interacting with the organization is clearly embracing the future of procurement and really the future of work is the area of independent on-demand talent. I recall from our first conversation, you came to it really well-informed on the on-demand talent space. What prompted you to do your initial research? How did Logitech's on-demand talent journey begin?
2: It was probably a variety of factors. We're a very strong values-driven company. And we have a strong ethos that, that follows from those values. We certainly like to do things ourselves. We don't really operate in the typical consulting space. We don't spend much with consultants, which is great from a cost-control perspective. We also, we're very diligent about increasing headcount, which again is uh, a, laudable, a laudable commitment. And we certainly like to make the learnings from new challenges ourselves. And that sort of corporate knowledge stays within Logitech because we do go through new challenges and new ways of doing things and we keep those learnings in-house. That's all fantastic, I think, but there are challenges to that in a sense that if you don't get the checkbook out quite rightly and and go to expensive consulting options sometimes and you look to your existing team, that can be tough. You you may have to muddle through occasionally and and perhaps there's another way. I was aware of Upwork and other relatively well-known consumer-focused players in this space. But I really came at it from that perspective, from, from either my own challenges or certainly talking to business partners in, in, across Logitech. There is that challenge there that when you try and do things yourself, it can be slow. You may go down a lot of dead ends. So you see, so you kind of model through, and that, that's all great, but, but it can impact the speed of getting to where you want to be. So I was interested enough that it's something that could be useful to Logitech. Can we borrow the expertise as and when we need them? without having to go to expensive consulting firms while still doing it ourselves. So that was probably the little sort of spark of interest in the industry. And then really, I did what I do in all different areas of interest. And I wasn't an expert, but I certainly went digging to see what was out there. I connected with people that were experts. And a combination of, of all that intelligence plus what's going to work at Logitech, giving it a Logitech spice is, is probably what led the two of us to be talking.
1: Yeah, it's helpful. I mean, the values you outline, they're admirable and not necessarily representative of how each enterprise is approaching getting work done. You mentioned Upwork. We are, as an organization, BTG, good friends and fans of Upwork. We recently announced a collaboration with them. In fact, you know, BTG and Upwork are two marketplaces that are complementary to one another. They kind of fall on different ends of the spectrum of use cases that an enterprise could be tapping into on-demand talent for. Could you talk a bit about the framework or categorization through which you view the types of on-demand talent that are available and, and maybe how you might deploy each type through the organization, whether it's the different types of use cases or perhaps even the value that you're looking to procure through the different marketplaces who are bringing different types of talent to the table?
2: Sure. Following on from what I just said, really, I think that on-demand talent isn't really a cost play for us uh, in the sense that we don't go out to consulting firms already. And, and we're not looking to see, can we get approximate equal quality, but at reduced rates, which might be slightly different for Logitech and some other clients in this space. But that isn't us. For us, it's more of a speed of execution and, and a quality of that execution play. It can go across the whole gamut of whether it be We need something done on a very sort of tactical level or a one-off project level or or whether we need some more strategic thought leadership style partnership. And I think certainly looking at it that way, and with a procurement lens particularly, we're a small procurement team, like I say. We partner with our larger spend areas on our larger suppliers. There's a lot of self-directed procurement goes on at Logitech, and that's fine with us. We have to be very cognizant of the fact that we're a lean team. We want our people to be doing the most valuable thing uh, that they can with our lean team resources, leaning on Upwork people for whether it be graphic design or, or, or other, other aspects that they do. If that can get done, leaving that team to then do their core responsibilities, that sort of tactical end of the spectrum, that's great. But that market only has a certain aspect of telecom, of course. The bigger opportunity as we saw it was... Can we borrow expertise at a thought leadership perspective, a real industry expert perspective, strategizing on new areas of interest for us? And I wasn't aware of that, I think, when I first started looking into on-demand talent. I didn't know that existed, but I now know it does, of course. And I think that's an area that's really of interest for us, that we're probably looking at maybe an efficiency or a speed play with the more tactical level of work particularly given we're a lean team and and can we reduce some of the pressures on that lean team. And then with the strategic things, it's probably more about extending our impact, going into new areas of business, getting that expertise on that on-demand basis to really leverage that for those strategic, extending our capabilities type projects.
1: Yeah, you're thinking about strategic on-demand talent or high-end on-demand talent as a way to accelerate growth and momentum for the organization. What are some of your goals with high-end on-demand talent? Are are there certain metrics you're you're targeting? You mentioned new areas and increasing impact, just thinking through potentially use cases that you have in mind that the organization is targeting over the coming quarters or, or years.
2: I think it's in our DNA, really, that we're always going to be a company that we want to do as much as possible. We want to always be learning ourselves, always giving development opportunities to our own people. We'll always want our team to be front and center to some of these projects, even if they may be out of our comfort zone. But there's a great opportunity there to do that with the guiding hand of an expert that may have been there and done that before. That they can speed up that process. We can get those learnings internally, but we can avoid going down some of those dead ends. I think that I referred to earlier. Perhaps I think that's where an on-demand expert can can really help us. What I would envisage success as is not a metric per se, but sort of a, a general sense of success would be where. We've extended our capabilities without a massive extension of our OPEX, one, and and certainly without an extension of our headcount. I think that's probably the simple offering of what high-end strategic talent can give us on an on-demand basis. That by stopping ourselves going down some of those dead ends with the guiding hand of an experienced expert, we can get to the conclusion of those new projects quicker. We can probably do more projects within the same period of time. I think it's really that for the business, if we can really hit these strategic projects, if we can hit home runs on those projects, the benefit from that could explode across the whole business. It's not, it's not a metric as such, I appreciate, Adam, mm-hmm. but that's really what we're looking to do in, in the sense that we want to experience these new challenges for ourselves, but an expert can help us do that quicker, better, and, and then move on to the next project.
1: You know, you, you really, you spoke to something that I think is worth double clicking on because it also speaks to your values as an organization and and the recognition that engaging strategic or high end on demand talent is not a path to replacing talent. You know, the value is not arbitrage where you can get the work done at a lower cost than the full time employees. It's really about enhancing the work that's being done by your team so that it continues to be owned by Logitech bringing in outside expertise that helps the team potentially upskill and experience something new that they have not yet dealt with, but also to increase the impact and the speed by which you can get to market or execute against the strategic priorities that are laid out by the organization, which is, you know, we have heard from others who latch onto different value propositions across the on-demand talent spectrum. So it's interesting that that's where you all see value. And I wonder, uh, along your journey, you've established a formal on-demand talent program now at Logitech What's your role? What are the steps you're taking to educate Logitech employees on where, when, and how to use on-demand talent most effectively? And how has that experience been so far?
2: We're probably pretty early in that journey, I think, really. Looking at it and discussing with others that look at our talent, be that internal or, or external, as I do in my role, we were acutely aware that there's the two simple options, really, that we have. That you build your own talent. Or if you really need to and and it's sensible spend of OPEX, you can go out and and, and buy those expertise from various consulting firms. And that was pretty much all we had. So I think giving people another option, uh, another way of attacking their challenges was really valuable. But we're certainly early days at that. I think we're we're actually having a lot of conversations around what is the right way to do that? How do you align on this idea that you can build, buy or, or borrow talent? I think aligning around what does that mean for Logitech? And then how do we actually get the rubber hitting the ground and educate across our various different HR groups, our hiring manager groups? There's certainly an acceptance within departments that, like I say, handle our talent interactions internally and externally that we're going down that path. We're in early days of actually then executing that to get that knowledge across the business. But I think really the core message will be, you know, there is another way of doing things. It isn't just building your own team. It isn't buying the expertise you can borrow on-demand talent. I think that'll be the key message really to, to get that message out there. Within that borrowing of talent space, there are different providers, as you say. People are very familiar with Upwork, but I, I think it's important that we make sure they're aware of more strategic resources in that space. So it's early days, I think really, but we're, we're working on an approach of that hiring managers and, and uh, business partners they work in across the sort of talent landscape are aware that there is this other
1: option. Changing gears a bit, We're in this really challenging yet interesting moment with COVID. And you talk about educating and adoption. Logitech has shifted almost overnight to almost fully remote. How has that gone? You know, often working remote lends itself well to the use and adoption of freelance or on-demand talent likely coming together organically. Do you see that as an opportunity for education around on-demand talent?
2: I can speak to it from my own perspective, I think, really. At Logitech, we're a very global, multinational. We have offices across an array of different countries. We have large offices across all three regions. And as a leader of global procurement for a company that's headquarters in Switzerland with with a lot of spend and headcount in California, I'm sat here in Ireland as, as a leader of our global procurement team. So I think even that kind of highlights that we're a very global company. Remote working was a common thing for me already. It's been a change, of course. I've never been completely remote. We were never that. But certainly, from my own standpoint of it, culturally, it felt that we were already part of the way down that path. I was always doing some of my meetings from home with Asia colleagues, which would be my morning. Always doing evening meetings from here, which would have been with my U.S. colleagues. Personally speaking, I think as a benefit of our global footprint and global culture... It wasn't a huge culture shock for us to be working from home. I know that is certainly not the case for some more traditional orientated businesses. I'm sure people thought it would take years to implement a working from home scheme, but because of COVID-19, a lot of companies had to do it in a day. And I'm sure it's tough, but in a lot of instances, it all went okay and we're now doing it. That certainly gives a reset opportunity to think about, well, what should this look like going forward? And I know that People in Logitech are thinking that, as I'm sure they are in other companies, but it's important to not let that opportunity
1: go to waste, I think. Another thing that always stood out, you know, Logitech's well known for is your sustainability and that that's been a focus of the organization. You've been quite progressive on that front for a long time. You mentioned Upwork earlier. They had a report that came out, I think it was in April or so, their annual impact report, which mentioned the environmental impact of remote work. And using freelance talent to cut down on travel and and commuting and also to support different communities that haven't always had the same economic opportunity as as certain urban centers. And I wonder, for Logitech, where sustainability is so important, how you all think about long-term remote work or the use of freelancers from that perspective?
2: Well, I think it's definitely broken down barriers to what may have been a traditional logic that you need certain talent in certain places. I think that's absolutely been changed. At Logitech, we were pretty open to that already. Like I say, the fact that I'm leading a global function, which traditionally was led in the US and, and I'm sat here in Ireland. And, and hopefully people think that things are going okay. So I think we're already kind of leaning in that direction anyway. But absolutely, the idea that talent is universally everywhere the idea of limiting your access to that talent to a certain sort of geographical diameter doesn't seem sensible, particularly not for on-demand talent. So I think the freedom that on-demand talent can give you that for a very acute need, which has very specific requirements, the on-demand talent marketplace will have those expertise that we'd never find ourselves. And, And also, I think the fact that they can be anywhere too, rather than just being linked to wherever our offices are. Just the talent pool that, that opens it up to versus the traditional thinking is fantastic. And like you say, I think it's a societal question more than anything I can certainly answer. But the environmental impact footprint for all of us when it comes to this on a, on a personal or a family, as much as a professional basis of do you need to go into an office or, or do we need an office at all? I think is a, it, it's a question for the wider society, but it's really good that that's being talked about now, whereas it
1: would seem a strange conversation as recently as nine months ago. Yeah, you're uncovering the silver lining or potential, you know, opportunities that this moment has provided to rethink and reset. And you know, as you look forward, if we bring it back to on-demand talent, you know, what would you want to see maybe three years or even five years down the line in terms of the use of on-demand talent or the role on-demand talent plays? What are goals you see or, or things that you hope to have happen as the organization continues to embrace the future of work?
2: Getting to the heart of it, one of the key things that we'd like to achieve here really is that we have a, an ethos or, or a mantra even nearly about trying to do more with less. And historically, that's been doing it ourselves, which is by definition doing more with less. But I think looking at the future of check and on-demand talent, getting the right talent in place at the right time on the right project can really emphasize that difference, I think, between really growing what we are doing with relatively small costs or impact to the bottom line of the business. I think ultimately, it fits in nicely with Logitech with that mantra that we try and do more with less. And on-demand talent can only help us live that more and more. That, like I say, we can achieve some of these really important strategic projects that are out of our existing comfort zone. We can achieve them quicker and better, bring all those expertise in-house, and then move on to the next project. And on-demand talent expands our options when it comes to accessing talent to to be able to do that to the best of our ability.
1: David, that's great. And I thank you so much for sharing your insight with us today and with listeners who will no doubt enjoy this conversation and what you brought to the podcast today. So thank you so much, David. Again, this is Adam Zellner. We were able to get David Latin from Logitech, who leads Global Indirect Procurement, to join us today. And we're super excited to hear from you and to continue to converse as the market evolves and you find new ways to employ on-demand talent and engage strategically with different forms of freelance talent across the spectrum. Thank you, David. No problem at all, Adam. Thanks for the time. How's your to-do list? Projects piling up? Initiatives on ice? Not sure where or how to get started? Don't let a lack of skills and expertise hold your team back. Business Talent Group's marketplace of in-demand problem solvers can help you get your most important work on track. From strategists and subject matter experts to project managers and team players, Business Talent Group delivers the skilled consultants and experts that leading companies need to compete and win. Let's get the work done. Visit businesstalentgroup.com to get started.